0: the gifts of the holy spirit so if you would before we before we do that i'll have you go ahead and turn in your bibles to 1 corinthians chapter 12 verses 4 through 11 but before we do that any prayer requests anything on anybody's heart yeah I she had yes amen Amen. Yes, amen. Amen. Carol Megley, keep her in your prayers. Uh, she is on the mend. A little better in some ways, but in some ways not. Did you have your hand raised, Jess? Did you have something? Okay. Anybody else? Angie? Amen. She asks, will ask of uh, the church to, to pray for them tomorrow. Amen. Can we possibly have a special prayer? For yeah, absolutely. Can you remind me at the end of the service, we'll do an anointing for her. Would you stand in for her, Angie? Okay. Anybody else? Anything on your heart? Amen. Man, if you ain't noticed how smoky it is out there right now, can you believe we're getting smoke all the way down from Canada out there? It's amazing, isn't it? (laughs) My son set up in Pennsylvania. It was so bad that you couldn't hardly see Uh, for a little while. It was just yellow outside, he said, and visibility was really limited. So let's pray God gets that stuff out of here before too long. Anybody else? Anything on your heart? Another little baby that was born. It was like a pound. um, It was born. She is doing really well. She's had a hard time, um, but they've been praying for her nonstop. You know, asking for prayer on Facebook, and she is doing really well. So continue to pray for that. Pray for that little baby as well. Her name is Marley. Marley. Pray for Marley, the baby. Amen. Anyone else? How about unspoken things? Do you have anything on your heart? Stand with me and we're going to read the scripture together and then we'll have prayer. And I'll start down closer to where we're at. For to one is given a word of wisdom through the spirit. To another, the word of knowledge through the same spirit. To another, faith by the same spirit. To another, the gifts of healing by the same spirit. And to another, working of miracles. Which is what we're going to talk about tonight. Father in heaven, we pray in the name of the Lord Jesus. And oh God, we we find comfort in you, God, in all things. Life can be so very hectic and, Lord, chaotic. Things going on all around us, Lord, and within us and within our families. But Lord, within your arms and within your reach and in the shelter and in the refuge of Christ, there is peace and strength for yet another day. There's everything we have need of in You, God. And we ask You to bless each and every person, Lord, and the people that they've brought up, the things that's going on in families, Lord, the hidden things, the secret things of our hearts. Lord, the request that's been made known tonight and those that people have within themselves, Lord, that they are making known to You, O God of heaven, of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Move tonight, we pray, God. In all of these situations, make Your glory be known and revealed. And glorify Your Son's name, Lord, in all of us and in all these things. And in Christ Jesus' name we ask it. Amen. The worker of a miracle. The gift. And I don't want you to, under, to, to think of this gift as somebody shows up a miracles start happening. Because we're going to go into that here in just a minute and how that that's not exactly right. But there is kind of sort of a process, a worker. And we're going to talk about how that is revealed to us in the scripture about the process that happens when miracles take place. But as stated before, I talked about this when we went into the the gift of healings. This is one of those gifts that is a visual manifestation kind of a gift. Just the same as healing. If someone's sick, and they come up, and like Angie suggested, we pray, and we pray for this person, and they get healed, right? There is going to be a physical manifestation of that divine work being done in that person. That cannot be faked. It cannot be exaggerated. It simply happens. And it's outside the scope of normal human capability. This is what this is. This worker of a miracle. Believe this or not. This this gift. Listen. We all pray for miracles all the time. We all do that. So we, we don't want to push this gift. I mean, this is a great gift, but we don't want to make it into something that only a superstar Christian can have. Because you pray for miracles all the time. And I'm going to show you tonight how you see miracles all the time. It's just, we've become, listen, we've been Christians for a long time. <laughs> Some of us in here for a very long time. And you get so used to the Lord taking care of you, it's almost like a child living in its parents' home for so long. How many in here knows your children take advantage of all the things that you provide for them? Can I get a big amen? One, two, three. Yes, right? And you know, your children don't understand all that you provide for them. The grace and the mercy and the love that you show to them When they deserve discipline, you don't sometimes. And do sometimes when they need it. Everything that happens in your home is a direct reflection of what God does with us just on a spiritual basis. But they get so used to living in that home that they take for granted all the wonderful things that's provided for them. They almost almost become entitled. And so it's our job as parents to teach our children how to work and and how to have a good work ethic and a good personality and a godly character and be a participating person in their society. Well, that's what God wants to do. But we often take that for granted, all the wonderful good things that our parents provided for us. Until one day, when we have to go out and make it on our own, and then we go get into that cycle and then we have children and then they go through the same thing. You would think after all these generations of having children, how, how long has it been? 5,000 years? That we'd have this thing down pat. But we don't. But we don't. Because sin is so chaotic and, it, and there's so many dynamics in, in a family. You would think after 5,000 years on this earth that somebody would have wrote the book on parenting... And this is how you do it. And it just happens by, because we've been doing it for so long, but we don't. Because human beings are so complex and they're so different. Each one is different than the other. It's an amazing thing. But we walk in miracles all the time. So we're not talking about a superstar Christian. We're not talking about that. We're talking about a gift of the Holy Spirit given... To to people, there's people that have this that may not even understand that they do have it. But they, when they pray for something, something miraculous takes place. We're gonna, as we've done before on all these gifts, I'm gonna show you some biblical examples of it, how it happens, why it happens, why it's given to the church. We think uh, of what a miracle. Uh, when we think of what a miracle might be, we have to understand what a miracle really is. And like I said, we live in a miraculous atmosphere. Look how much we take for granted, guys. Look at this. I mean, for instance, consider creation in and of its own self. Look how much we take for granted. I know we take it for granted so much, but the fact that we're here on this earth, the soil beneath your feet and how it gives life, Most of y'all in here have farmed. Is it not miraculous? You just think it just, you just put that seed in the ground and you don't even worry about it. You know it's going to grow, but it is a miraculous thing (laughs) that that one seed will, in that ground, will produce thousands of seed after it comes to harvest. And how God has made it to happen, how there is life within this earth. How the soil itself, I mean, I'm just talking about things we take for granted. You walked in this church, you walked over life-giving substance. There's energy within the earth. Nikolai Tesla showed us that. You can can get energy from the earth. I mean, it's amazing the things God has done. Look at the trees and and the stars and the wind and the rain and the water and the lakes an eclipse that you drive by. It's it's a miraculous place that we lived in. And it was, listen to this, the earth that you lived in was miraculously created. And you live in that. You live in that miraculous creation. So a worker of a miracle should be every day because we live in something that's miraculous. The fact that we're even here is miraculous. I mean, think of this. God took, Nothing, like right here in, this, in this, uh, this air particles I'm waving my hand in, took nothing and created the earth from it by His Word. That's a miracle. And then He created every living thing that's on this earth by His Word. That's a miracle. And He created man from the dust of the earth and breathed the breath of life into Him. That's a miracle. That's a miracle. You are a miracle. And you're created in the image and likeness of the one who performed the miracles. Have you ever thought of it like that? And then if that isn't enough, God sent His only begotten Son that whosoever would believe in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. And then when you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, something, the biggest miracle of all, God himself, his Holy Spirit comes within you. What a miracle. And then now you have the miracle worker himself in you. That's miraculous. So to think of a worker of a miracle as something uh, strange or out of the ordinary. Why do you think that? Because you're living in a miraculous situation right now. It's miraculous. Everything that you have, everything that you do, the fact that you, you're alive. You know, that the earth sits on its axis in a way that we neither freeze nor fry and every every element that's in the air is perfect for us to breathe and and, and all of plant life grows so we can live from it and there's medicinals in the ground that gives us our health and... Listen, folks, pay attention to the miraculous settings that you that you are in. It's by a miracle that we're even here. It's a miracle how finitely our bodies are made, our connection to each other, our connection to God, the spirit that's in us and how when the two are combined makes up the existence of man. How that you're a several part being. A multiple part being where the spirit and flesh collide and you're it. Amazing. That's a miracle. That's a miracle. Spirit and flesh. Two totally opposite and opposing factors. Yet when put together, God created humanity out of that. How miraculous is that? That's a miracle. So a worker of miracles is somewhere even above the human capability whose obvious origins are that of the Lord no other explanations can be given we know the limitation that that man has in his capability and when it's exceeded we know where it comes from it comes from God Let me say that when you open the bible at church it's not slack concerning miracles from the very first page to the very last page, it's all about miracles. You, you all know that. From God saying, let there be light. Oh, we, gosh, I tell you, we're so we, we just so easily read over things and we don't take it for what it is and see it for what it really is and how awesome that it is. And listen, I can't say this enough. Within all these miracles that God did, you're the greatest one of them all. And then he puts you right down in the center of the miraculous. So think it not a strange thing when miraculous things happens. I have said this for all of my ministry and I'll say it again to you all. I know I've said it before. Everyday Christianity. Listen to me. Everyday Christianity should be walking in miracles. Should be. Because it's not you, you see. How many in here believes in Jesus Christ? How many in here believes Jesus Christ can do anything? How many believes that Jesus Christ is living within them? What's he done? Does he stop working? No. I'll tell you all this. And if I'm still here and we ain't raptured, I want you to know this. The very first thing I want someone to do if I'm lying in a field having a heart attack, I want you to pray for me. That's the first thing I want you to do. Because I serve a miraculous God. And this body belongs to Him. So the very first thing, if anything ever happens to me, you pray for me first. Before you dial the 911, pray for me first. Because I believe and I am persuaded that He is able to keep those things that I've committed to Him against that day. I'm absolutely convinced in my God. I doubt nothing. I'm persuaded, even to death, I'm persuaded that He's got me in the palms of His hand. We've become so used to serving the Lord, as I said before, we take for granted so many things. So many things. So what is this gift? Like I said, this isn't someone who just shows up and miracles start to happen. So in the Greek, when you look at this, a worker of a miracle. What does? How does this break down? You know, we go to the Greek language. We're so very fortunate to have the Bible before the King James Version ever thought about being a version in 1,611 years after Jesus spoke the words, the Greek had already translated the Bible. They had already translated. And you should be extremely thankful for that because the Greek language is so extremely specific. I mean, it draws out the meaning. I could say, I love you, but it draws out what kind of love am I talking about? It goes so, so you know how people can misunderstand you in the English language. They can, they, they can, they can hear you say something and get it all wrong. Well, you can't do that in the Greek because there's a word that explains every adjective that we use. So when I say I love you, it it either means fleshly love, carnal love, intimate love, passionate love, godly love. It's one of those, and you have to use that word to show your intent. So in the Greek language, this was extrapolated from the original texts. Someone once told me that uh, the King James Version, which I love with all my heart, and I was born again under its preaching, is the people's Bible because there's no copyright. Well, so's about 20 others before that didn't have no copyright. The Septuagint, the do-away, the Latin Vulgate, all those King James got his what we have today in our Bibles. So this is extremely important that we know this. Extremely important. This is what it says. It says that the Greek Word is energama, energama. And when it says a worker, he's an energama, an operation of. So this person doesn't just show up. We're going to get a demonstration of this in Jesus Christ here in just a minute. So this person just doesn't show up and miracles happen. So when it says you have the gift of being a worker of a miracle, there is a process. Worker meaning there's energama, a process involved. Energama, the operation of. And then the word dunamis is where we get the word dynamite from, meaning power. Energama dunamis is how it would be said in Greek. A person who's in the process of developing or receiving power is how that should have been translated. Okay, that's actuality. That's straight from the Greek. Energama dunamis. Again, the word dunamis is where we get the word dynamite. Boom, power from. It, right? So this is what it's saying to us that a worker of a miracle, in short, is someone who puts the spiritual effort in, which could be praying, which could be fasting, which could be seeking God, and then God out of his energama gives dunamis dynamite to that person because they are in the process of, they are are gifted with being a worker of a miracle, they are praying for, and God will supernaturally answer that process that that person is using. Do you remember in the in, in Jesus brings us into context when the, the the disciples said that they they couldn't cast this one demon out? What did Jesus say had to happen to get that one demon out that they did not do? Prayer and fasting, Energamus. There's a process that you have to go. Listen, man, I love the Bible. I tell you I love the Bible. Why could they could cast all the other demons out? But Jesus said you have to go through the the Greek says Energamus You have to go through the process to get this one out. That's the definition of a worker of a miracle. That's a miracle that through a spoken word that God will hear. It's not you doing anything. Understand that. Please understand it. It's not you and me doing anything. It's God saying, I'm gonna this person I'm gonna gift that when they know to ask, and then they will fast and they will pray, they will do everything required. They will they will give up their sustenance, they will seek me with all their heart, and it will move me. The disciples couldn't cast that demon out because they didn't have the dunamis, the power, because they didn't go through the energama. The process. That's exactly it. So this person within the congregation is someone that the Holy Spirit selects, hand selects these people. Because these people are faithful people. These are the type of people who we call them prayer warriors. They're the type of people that believe that and trust in God and know that God will move. They believe in God with all their heart. They just pour their heart out before God. And God moves. The gift of working of miracles is the supernatural ability to pray and see the extraordinary power of God manifest in a situation in a person or a people, it moves beyond the natural realm and its laws to accomplish the will of God. It's a miracle. It's an absolute miracle. What's the purpose in serving God if you don't believe in miracles? Because if you don't believe in miracles, you can't believe in being born again because it's the greatest one of all. Miracles are absolutely real. And God loves to do them. But you have to believe. We all sit here and pray. We all pray and we ask God to do something. Isn't it interesting? Here we are. And and I always talk about Angie because I'm so proud of her. Right? I'm so proud of what God's done in you. And I don't mean to point you out all the time, but you're just right there and you're a focal point to me. But here we are. We believed in God for what? what? A what in her life. It starts with a myth and ends with a ripple. Angie, what is it? Yes, Angie! Now, if you didn't believe that God was going to heal her, here we are in the flesh We pray a spiritual prayer and it goes up to heaven and then God hears it and then it bounces off of God and God sends it back and it does something in the flesh. That's a miracle. So if you say you don't believe in miracles, then you ought to just go home because it's a miracle we're even here. And salvation is the greatest miracle of all. And we gathered around and prayed for her, and that which is spiritual manifested itself in the physical. and here she is tonight. Give God a round of applause. Amen. Yes. This young boy right here, this young I wish you all could have been there. I wish I, I could open up the doors of time. And open up a big screen right here and, and and take you back to that year and that time and let you see that little baby sitting there laying on the bed with brain fluid coming out of its eyes and pulling on the ble- bed beside it with a flat line. Am I lying? She was standing right next to me. It was dead and purple. And they had already took all the machines off except for the heart monitor for some reason. I don't know why, but... And that which was dead was made alive again. And the doctors came in and said that he was not going to make it and he he wouldn't be able to see, hear, speak, none of that stuff, even if he did. He plays football and baseball today. I wish you could have seen it. Something miraculous happened, right? And God did it. God did it. Our God is a miracle-working God. And I thank Him that when I'm in my hour of need, I can send up something that I can't even see. I can send up a spiritual thing. And God will send it back to me and it will manifest. Just like when I was an atheist. 300 beats a minute. I was more than 300 beats a minute in Dayton, Ohio. And did not the doctor tell me I was going to die? He said, you can't sustain this. He said, you've like been running a marathon all day. I said, well, you can tell that don't happen very yeah. often. He said, you, he told me, look, look at me right now and said, Mr. Keaton, I want to tell you in any second you're, you could pass away. He said, we can't get your, we, can, we can't get your heart rate down. And he gave me these options of hitting me with electric and doing all these other things. I said, well, I don't like any of them options. I said, well, it just popped back in. He is not in your case. And I heard that voice in my head saying, I'm an ever-present help in times of trouble. And I heard it two or three times until I prayed it. And I didn't feel no lightning strikes. And I didn't feel anything happen. And he yelled out from across the, the emergency room, did he not? And what did he say Tammy? me? You made, a liar. you made a liar out of me, Mr. Keaton. You're in perfect sinus rhythm. 72 beats a minute. My God did that. And I thank him for that. You can never tell me. I watched little Kyle get kicked in the mouth by his sister on a swing set when they were little. And another one Tammy was witness to. Blood all over his face. His teeth pushed in. Bottom of his teeth was facing the back of his throat. There's blood all over him. Tammy comes running to me with him. And my aunt Loretta, who was a very faithful woman to the Lord, told me, said, always use Ezekiel 16.6 when someone's bleeding. And if you believe, God will stop the bleeding. Well, it was the first thing that hit my mind and I didn't I didn't have it memorized yet. So I ran in there and got my Bible and I prayed over him. And what happened? It stopped. Was there there was blood all over him, wasn't there? And there was no blood to be found. It was a miracle. Kyle goes later on, he gets his teeth evaluated when he's going into the military school. Junior high, they tell us, they say, the dentist comes and tells us, said, I want to tell you, we've never seen such a perfect set of teeth. I said, let me tell you how that happened. God did that. And he developed such a faith when he was so little that Kyle, anytime anything went wrong with Kyle, he would come and say, Mommy, Daddy, pray for me. And he would always get healed, would he not? He had a childlike faith. So what's what's the purpose of God performing these miracles? To prove his reality? To prove his existence? To prove he alone is omniscient and creator of all things, that his word is true, that it validates his power, that it validates his lordship, that it validates his kingship over all things, that we are never out of possibilities. Listen to that. God spoke that into my spirit as I was preparing this. That you are never, if you can believe in God in totality, You are never out of options. The sad thing for a lot of Christians is they put a limitation on God and therefore they limit their options. That's what you do. I believe. I believe that in any situation that I find myself in, I have a God that's able to help me. You serve a miracle working God. And you're never out of options. Never. Everybody thought Lazarus was out of options, didn't they? Well, one of the first, and I'll get into Lazarus here in just a minute. One of the first things that we see happening in. Uh, and we see Jesus possessing all these gifts. And I told you, he's the one man that's ever lived. He possessed all the gifts that the spirit gives because he is God, the son. The next day, there was a wedding and a celebration in the village of Canaan in Galilee. This is John chapter two, verses one through 11. His mother was there and Jesus and his disciples were also invited to the celebration. The wine supply ran out during the festivities. So Jesus' mother told him they have no more wine. Jesus looks at her and says, dear woman. That's not our problem, Jesus replied. My time has not yet come. But his mother told the servants, do whatever he says. Standing nearby were six stone water jars used for Jewish uh, ceremonial washing. Each could hold 20 and 30 gallons. Jesus told the servants, fill the jars with water. When the jars had been filled, he said, now dip some out and take it to the master of ceremonies. So the servants followed his instructions. When the master of ceremonies tasted the water that was now wine, not knowing where it had came from, though of course the servants knew, he called the bridegroom over. A host always serves the best wine first, he said. Then whenever one has had a lot to drink, he brings out the less expensive wine. But you have kept the best until now. This miraculous sign, the Bible says. This miraculous sign. And Cana in Galilee was the first time Jesus revealed his glory. And listen what it says. And his disciples believed in him. That's why this happens. Jesus wasn't trying to boost up his self-image, trying to make himself be. He was trying to get people to believe. And that's why miracles happen. You can't deny it. That was just water. Each jar was just 30 gallons of water. And He turned it into wine. It's a miracle. It's a miracle. That was His first one. And the Bible says His disciples believed. That's the key to it. John eleven four 4-40. Talking about Lazarus. And I hate to read all this, but it's so significant. When Jesus heard about it, Lazarus' sickness will not end in death, He said. No, it happened. Listen, listen. It happened for the glory of God so that the Son of God will receive glory from this. Jesus intentionally let him die. So that, you understand right here, Jesus knew all about it. He knew what was going to happen. He makes the statement, Lazarus' sickness will not end in death. Not as these people think. No, it happened for the glory of God so that the Son of God will receive glory from this. So although Jesus loved Martha, Mary, and Lazarus, He stayed where He was for the next two days. He waited. He waited. On purpose. Combine that with Lazarus being in the grave for four days, Jesus could have got there in time. Finally, his disciples said, let's go back to Judea. But his disciples objected. Rabbi, they said, only a few days ago, the people in Judea were trying to stone you. Are you going there again? Jesus replied. There are 12 hours of daylight in every day. During the day, people can walk safely. They can see because they have the light of the world, the light of this world. But at night, there is danger of stumbling because they have no light. Then he said, our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but now I will go and wake him up. Everybody knew that Lazarus had been sick. They thought he was sleeping. Then the disciples said, Lord, if he's sleeping, he'll soon get better. They thought Jesus meant Lazarus was simply sleeping, but Jesus meant Lazarus had died. So he told them plainly, Lazarus is dead. And for your sakes, I'm glad I wasn't there, for you will now really believe in me. I love how this brings that out. He let him die to prove a point. To make people believe that He is the resurrection and the life. And He said, for your sakes. He said it right there. Jesus Himself said it. I'm glad I wasn't there. He says, for your sakes. I'm glad I wasn't there. Because you know what Angie, this would have been? This would have been just another little simple miracle. No big deal. So I'm glad I wasn't there. Because you'd have just looked at this and went, "Ah, that's just Jesus. He healed another little sick guy. So we let it turn into something that would really make them believe. Sometimes God might do that. Huh? He might let us go into things that will make us draw closer to Him to help us where we're at. And Jesus said, let's go. Let's go see Him. Thomas, nicknamed the twins, said to his fellow disciples, let's go too and die with Jesus. There's always that one, you know. There's always that one in the crowd. Let's go die with the Lord. Ugh. Always a doubter. Always a debater. Always someone who will stand in your way, you know. That was Thomas. It's amazing. When Jesus arrived at Bethany, he was told that Lazarus had already been in his grave for four days. Bethany was only a few miles down the road from Jerusalem, and many, of the many uh, it says, of the people had come to console Martha and Mary in her loss. When Martha got word that Jesus was coming, she went to meeting, but Mary stayed in the house. And Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had only been here, my brother would not have died. But even now, I know that God will give you whatever you, you ask. Jesus told her, your brother will rise again. Yes, Martha said, he will rise when everyone else rises in the last day. And Jesus said, I am the resurrection. You don't have to wait for the last day. I'm standing right here. Here I am. Anyone who believes in me will live even after dying. So if you wonder what's going to happen to you when you die, you just read it. Do you believe that God can do miracles? Yes, He can. And when you close your eyes in death, listen, Jesus just told you what's going to happen. I'm so glad He put it like this. I am the resurrection and the life. Anyone who believes in Me will live even after dying. Everyone who lives in Me and believes in Me will will never die. Do you believe this, Martha? There's your question answered. The great mystery is solved that mystery of death. Yes, Lord, she said. I've always believed you are the Messiah, the Son of God. Now we're going to go on down through here. And Jesus saw her weeping. We're going to go down to verse 33. Jesus had uh, saw her weeping and saw the other people wailing with her. A deep anger welled up within him. And he was deeply troubled. Where have you put him? He asked them. They told him, Lord, come and see. And Jesus wept, the shortest verse in the Bible. The people who were standing nearby said, see how much he loved him. But some said, this man healed a blind man. Couldn't he have saved Lazarus from dying? Jesus was still angry as he arrived at the tomb. A cave with a stone rolled across its entrance. He said, roll aside the stone, Jesus said. But Martha came running up to him and said, the dead... Uh, the dead man's sister, she protested, Lord, he's been dead for four days. The smell will be terrible, she said. Jesus responded to her disbelief. Didn't I tell you, you would see God's glory if you believe. This is, a miracle is about to happen. A miracle is about to happen. We know the rest of that story. They rolled away the stone. And Jesus brought the dead man out. Wrapped around the head, wrapped around the body, the dead came walking out of the tomb. It was a miracle. And as He was standing there doing this, He said to them, He said to His Father, I said what I said for their benefit. And when he came walking out of that tomb, four days in the tomb, Lazarus came forth at the voice of Jesus Christ. Your God has no limitations. The only limit God has, hear me, is what you put on Him. In disbelief. My God, thank God. I believe in all of God. I'm a Bible-believing Christian. And I believe in God. And I want Him to be there in my moment of need. I want Him to hear my prayers because I'm lost without Him, folks. (laughs) In Matthew 14, Jesus feeding the multitudes, He left in a boat to a remote area to be alone, but the crowds heard where He was and headed and followed Him. Uh, from town to town. And Jesus saw the huge crowd as he stepped from the boat and he had compassion on them and healed their sick. That evening the disciples came to him and said, this is a remote remote place. It's already getting late. Send the crowds away so they can go to the villages, villages and find food for themselves. And Jesus says, that isn't necessary. You feed them. But we only have five loaves of bread and two fish. Bring them here, Jesus said. And he told the people to sit down on the grass and Jesus took those Five little fishes, I'm sorry, two fishes and five loaves, looked up to heaven, and this is what he said, and blessed them. Then, breaking the loaves into pieces, he gave the bread to the disciples. He prayed, he blessed it first. He was uh, ergamos here, going through the process, and then they all ate as much as they wanted, and the disciples picked up 12 baskets of leftovers. 5,000 men were fed that day, in addition to all the women and the children. He took the bread and he blessed it. Jesus on the water in the same chapter. Immediately after this, Jesus insisted that his disciples get back into the boat and cross to the other side of the lake. And while he sent the people home... After sending them home, he went into the hills by himself to pray. Night fell while he was there alone. And meanwhile, the disciples were in trouble far from land for a strong wind had risen and they were fighting heavy waves. About three o'clock in the morning, Jesus came toward them walking on the water. When the disciples saw him walking on the water, they were terrified. In their fear, they cried out, It's a ghost! How many knows it's a miracle to be able to walk on water? Amen? I am a sinker. I'll go straight to the bottle. They looked out and they were terrified. Said, this is a ghost. And that particular usage of the word, the ghost word is used properly. They thought he was a phantom. They thought he was a, a, a spooky thing. Uh, a, a demonic thing. And they were scared to death. And Jesus said, don't be afraid. It's just me. Peter bid him that he would come and let him come and Peter did. And and then we all know the story how he walked out a little ways and then he started to sink and Jesus said, oh, you of little faith. Teaching them. He was teaching them a lesson. He's teaching us a lesson. Why would Jesus come walking on the water? Because Peter was going to need to have faith that would take him to the end of his destiny of upside-down crucifixion one day. That's how he died. He's going to need to believe in a Lord that could get him through the toughest of times. Acts 15.12 I mean, there's so many examples of this. Then all the multitude kept silent and listened to Barnabas and Paul declaring how many miracles and wonders God had worked through them among the Gentiles. Acts 19 and 11. Now God worked unusual miracles by the hands of Paul. Hebrews 2, 1 through 4. So we must listen very carefully to the truth we have heard or we we may drift away from it. For the message God delivered through angels has always stood firm. And every violation of the law and every act of disobedience was punished. So what makes us think? we can escape if we ignore such great salvation that was first announced by the Lord Jesus Christ Himself and delivered to us by those who heard Him speak. And God confirmed the message by giving signs and wonders and various miracles and gifts of the Holy Spirit whenever He chose. So God proves who Jesus Christ is. When you believe in Him, He bestows upon you the ability to to do the ministry of Jesus Christ on this earth.